Hey everybody, how you doing? And welcome to the initial pilot episode of Smoothie in the Bib. I'm Smoothie, aka Michael Charles, and I'm with my co-host. My name's Brian. That's Brian for everybody. So I just figured for the first episode, we'll just tell you a little bit about ourselves, get to know get to know each other. So my name is Michael Charles. I'm trying to be a, a journalist one day. Uh, my favorite teams are the New York Knicks, the New York Jets, and the New York Yankees. But that's for me. What about you, Brian? My name is Brian. I'm a college, uh, soon-to-be college dropout. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a Giants fan, Lakers fan, and what else? What I like soccer, so I'm a Liverpool what, fan. What uh, Liverpool? I see. I'm also a Yankee fan. Congratulations on the Champions League. Oh, it was a great day. I screamed screamed around the house. Glorious. Yep. Handball by Vartogan. Origi. Go. <laughs> no! I'm a closet oh, yes. Liverpool fan, even though I do not watch any of the games. But yeah, that's no, no. I support fine. them in the stat sheets. That's fine. Which is all that matters. That's what I like to see. But without further ado, we're gonna get right into it today. So, the first topic we're here to talk about is the the NBA Finals. So, Brian, what are your thoughts so far through three games? Through through three games. Uh I have I don't do the the in game game to game predictions, but. I said at the start, pre Clay injury, of course. I said Raptors in seven. Right. I don't know why. Based I just on, on what basis? On what basis? I don't know. The big <laughs> boys. <laughs> the big. It was my gut. I don't know. The big boys got to fall. I like. I like the matchup between obviously Kawhi. I thought Lowry would play better than he's been playing, but he's been playing. He played okay. well yesterday. He played well yesterday. He did play well yesterday. But everyone and played well I, I thought. Yeah, the big thing for me with the Warriors is, you know, their starting five is going to be extremely good. Right. So for me, it was about you got to beat them on the bench. That's, that was my thinking. You have to, your bench unit has to outplay their bench. And then you got to play well with your bigs, right? And I thought that Toronto had the pieces to do that. I so mean, I think that's we can. That's why I said Raptors in seven. But I think we can agree that Toronto is the deeper team, especially after the injuries. But going into the series, I initially thought. Like I had, I said Warriors in six, predicting that KD wouldn't even play and that they would be fine without KD. But I did not foresee like, first of all, the injury to Clay and how not. how abysmal Boogie's been besides that one game. But like I, I was confident in my prediction in Warriors in six, even with KD not coming back, because I saw them win in Toronto. But that Clay injury really hurts them because without without the floor spacing, like he runs, he's running around setting picks, especially on defense too. Because now they just trap, they just run a box of one, and they trap Steph Curry as soon as he comes across half court, and no one else is really making shots for him. Of course, of, of you know, Clay, they've lost their two best players, so it's it's but, shifts the series dynamic. And I still think I still think that the Warriors should be the favorites because they yesterday they had no like Steph had no help, like he went crazy, had no help, and they only lose by fourteen, and they had them within seven the whole second half. Like if they if they got production from like like twenty points from anybody like a meaningful twenty points because Draymond disappeared for like the entire game, but if they had meaningful like twenty points from anybody, that would be a whole different game. And I think that with Clay, they said that Clay's playing game four, but Katie's not. I think they'll win game four for sure. I also think they'll win game four, but I uh, I don't know. They game one they were relatively healthy. I I don't know. 
I thought Katie would come back at some point in the series. I think I, I don't was, think he's ruled out yet. Though is a thing. Like I think Mike four. I thought he's ruled out of game. Oh five. no, he's ruled out for game four. But I don't think like I think that I think my thought all along was like game five, which is still possible. Um, but they said that he they they had three on three today, and that he was going to try to participate in that. But they don't want to play him in a full game without a scrimmage yet. So I assume that will happen over the weekend, especially because there's only Who, one game this, off. This is KD, right? Not Clay. Yeah, this is KD. No, Clay's definitely playing. This is more KD. But the idea is that they'll have him back. Hopefully, it'll be 2-2 going back to Toronto. And I think that they already beat them in Toronto without KD. So I think they that will put them over the top. Like I feel like as long as Clay is himself in game four, like they'll be right back on track. I, I don't know. I like Toronto at home. I, maybe it's the maybe it's the you know the romantic the the the, the underdog romantic in me, you know. But game I like I think it's gonna get to a game seven personally. You so, really? I, I even and then especially now with all the injuries coming into Toronto's favor. I mean, I just yeah. I, the thing for me I know it's it's a it's more of a psychological thing, but you know that Toronto's gonna make those big runs, and then it's up to it's up to having it's having a superstar who can call those runs. And also keep a team calm, and I do think it's important that Kawhi Leonard is going to stand there straight faced after, <laughs> after Steph drops whatever three, and he, it comes down to him hitting the big shot. And I think you'll be able to do that. So that's why I think it's going to be a, a long series. And now with the injuries, of course, it's it's crazy. What do you think about all the people saying, you know, like they're a better team without Kevin Durant? That, that... Is, there, is there even any? Any validation to that point? Honestly, I'm one of the people who believe that, but not like I don't think they're better no, as don't. a team. I don't think they're better as a team. Like I don't think like player for player, like personnel for personnel, that they're better. But the thing I've noticed is that with KD, like he's so great and such a great individual scorer that like even though he plays very well within that offense and he's not selfish at all, but there's times in the game where you just throw the ball to KD and let him just sit there and work. And at that point, you're making Steph a spot-up shooter when he's not – he's a, obviously the best shooter of all time, but he's so much better coming off pin-downs and screens and moving without the ball. Like, I just think that Clay and Clay and Steph have this amazing chemistry that they just work off each other so well. And that – not to say that KD disrupts that, it just – but it goes back to those natural warriors that we saw, like, before. It's not to say it's better. And, like, even, like, other players have said, that like, they're harder to guard. There's more movement. There's more motion. And it, like, unlocks Draymond. Because from a lot of, the, like, the last year or two, people were just saying about how Draymond was overrated and stuff. But as soon as KD got hurt, all you see is, like, how Draymond runs the offense and, like, unlocking a different part of the Warriors that you haven't seen in a couple of years. Off topic on Draymond, when he does that slip screen and lobs to a big man, I hate it so much. It, yeah, but he's such it a good passer. It pisses me off. He's such a good it, passer. I, no, it's brilliant. It's his signature play. It's the highlight that's when he's <laughs> – when people are going to talk about him in the future, that's going to be the highlight. That's what they're going to think of Draymond is that coming off that pick and roll or the, the slip screen and lobbing the big man, it just pisses me off so much. I hate it. I don't know why. It just – it boils my blood. <laughs> but obviously, they're going to move the ball more, and they're going right. to be – you know – you're gonna have more clay and more Steph participation, but in the end, what makes them a dynasty is having Kevin Durant. So, yeah, I no, I mean, for say sure. they're harder to guard. I think it's more, more, it's more annoying to guard seventy-five screens and picks, right? But nobody wants to guard Kevin Durant. No, no, I think that, I think that the Warriors could win the championship without him, but I think that he's like the safety jacket. Like there's not you're not losing with KD on that team. 
I think there are adds rim protection too, which is something like Boogie is Boogie can't even jump anymore, as you've seen by game three. He's going up for layups and like Danny Green is blocking him off the backboard. But also heading oh wait, what are you gonna say? I was gonna um I I got sidetracked. But playing nobody wants to card KD down the stretch, right? Right. I what you were saying, you were saying that they're, they can win an NBA championship without him. And, of course, they can. But I don't think they three-peat with him. That's oh, no, my thing. I, I, they're not I a agree. dynasty without Kevin Durant. That's that's pushes them to that next level. And so, that's – I, I don't think anybody actually believes that he they're a better team. Not better, Kevin but they're Durant. a different team. Of course they're a different team. But I, I don't – people like to throw around the better word a lot. Yeah, I know. It's it, it's very specific to how you're supposed to use it, but, like, I think it's a different look that could be harder to guard rather than – like, at that point, because when you're when you're guarding KD and ISO, it's literally – there's not much you can do. It's either he makes it or he misses it, you know? But, like, working for like working that offense, moving the ball around for a good shot, like, I don't know. I just think, like, it, it keeps everybody, like, more engaged. Like, you don't want to see Steph standing off in the corner waiting for KD to make an ISO move. You want to see, like, him running around, Clay moving, Draymond, like, passing i don't know that's just how it, i look at it but it I don't comes think... it comes down to that people have that link between katie being a villain and they they want to hate him so bad that they'll say things that just i mean blatantly not true do you think that's they're a better team with kevin durant do you think that's undeserved based they on the decision he made no i don't think the hate is undeserved he when he made that move he had to embrace the role of a villain and he never i don't think he's built to, to be a villain though I don't know, but once you make that Skip move, Baylor says he's the most thin-skinned superstar. He's ever the him. most thin-skinned superstar. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a fan of Skip Bayless skin. myself, I but Skip I think Bayless. that's a good point, though. He is very thin-skinned, but I don't know. I don't think he was ever built to be in that villain role. He was just speaking like he was hearing the critics of his like lack of success in like playoffs and championships, and he made an like an impulsive decision that I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he regrets it or not. July first, but. Speaking of impulsive decisions, let's 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 get into free agency. As the as Knicks and Lakers fans, this is our. I've been talking about free agency. How the mighty, how, how the mighty have fallen. Just the uh, free agency talk in in the NBA playoffs. So I think we. Might I, well... I thought if they lose, do you think he leaves? See, this is the thing. As a Knicks fan, I've been rooting for the Warriors. To win, Which, yes. Yes, because first of all, for two reasons. First, I want them to win as many games as possible before KD gets back. Because let's say they were up to they were up they were going to be up two one or three one, you know. At that point, KD comes back, wins the closeout game, and it's not really his championship, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It then comes to the point where what if the opposite and they were down two one three one and they come back and win? Does that validate the fact that the Warriors do need KD and he stays? But then this clay injury threw the whole thing off because there's no way to really gauge it, you know. I think like I think the best case scenario is like Warriors win game two, like the series goes seven. Game three. Wait, game huh? game four. The Warriors game game, game four. four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the series goes seven. KD comes back at some point and they win it, but it doesn't look like KD likes carried the team, you know. But that's for my biased interest in the Knicks. But I guess I guess we can go through all the free agents. I guess we'll start with Kevin Durant. Um, what's your gut feeling on where he's gonna go? I I don't I. T- it's I don't know I have no idea I've early on I thought he was gonna stay regardless right uh, and I thought they would end up moving Draymond I read that was really my thought I don't know why but 
I, I don't know. It's hard for me to see him where he goes. And I understand the Knicks are alluring. But I, as a as a New Yorker who's a non-Knicks fan, I don't have the heart in it. I just see a lot of ineptitude. Is that, I don't, is that a word? A journalism it, major. It is a word, but I don't. The thing is, is I that you talk, that that's another person I don't like, Max Kellerman. I, that oh. guy's a sellout, a <laughs> okay. complete sellout. You cannot. First of all, all right, he's talk, coming no, no. for everybody's No, no. Neck first of all, to talk about it, you cannot say you are a fan of a team for thirty years and because of their lack of success, you're going to abandon teams. And second of all, as soon as he abandoned teams, look what happened to the Lakers. So obviously, it was a sign of Max Kellerman and not the Knicks. But the point is, is that I'm tired of this talk of an ineptitude when it comes to the Knicks for for a few reasons. First, people always people always continue to talk about James Dolan, and frankly, that first players who played for the Knicks, Melo, Amari, all players going all the way back, Latrell Sprewell, etc. They've all loved Dolan. Literally, all he's done is in recent years is he's literally let people run the team and he stayed out the way. In the past, he got in trouble because he would like he would hire people and they wouldn't do their job, and then they place the blame on Dolan. And I don't see how that's fair, and especially now when they have a regime that's actually being effective. I don't. I'm tired of people referring to like the the same old Knicks kind of idea when they have a, a very good general manager, a very good head coach. But that happens. But that happens across all sports and in all facets of life. It does, but you it. can't. You have to. But if you have that history of of. You know, getting to that point until you break that glass ceiling, we're gonna assume you're still in that box, right? But when they're doing, but the thing is though, is like when they're doing positive things and obviously making positive steps, but you still continue to harp on the older things. You're just reiterating the narrative that isn't that's fading, and like you're holding on to it. No, but we don't know purpose. if it's faded yet. That's the that's the but, thing. But you've seen things from the from the team that to show that they are doing things the right way. But we've seen that in the past, and they haven't broken through the glass. When have you ceiling. seen? When have you seen that in the past? And they had Melo. Yes, but that no, that wasn't running a team properly. That's you trading your whole team for Melo. Melo scoring thirty a game, but and that's okay, it. But that's that not. That's a, not a. That yeah, was. But, a, I was a light point. That was a building block, and we thought they were going to break the ceiling then. Yeah, but they never had that one year. They were successful. They were a team of like, like that's washed up Jason Kidd, washed up Kenyon Martin, like Steve Novak, J.R. Smith, like six man of the year. Like that wasn't like a realistic team. Based on who that Rashid Wallace, like those are washed up players. I think like now you see the front office. Like I think the KP trade was a great thing for the franchise. They made a lot. Like first of all, they got put rid of a disgruntled player who they're trying to build a culture that has been a problem in the past. And that by getting rid of a player who doesn't want to be there and is bashing the organization, getting him out of there while unloading seventy million dollars in cap space and acquiring two first round picks plus plus the um plus Dennis Smith Jr. I think that was a great step, regardless of what happens this summer. It's not even about that. It's about getting rid of somebody, but also having flexibility and options moving forward and assets. So I think that was a big step for the Knicks. But back to back to free agency after my rabbit hole. Um, no, I want to stay on the Knicks for one hot say. Why? And we'll get we'll get back in the free agency. But no, what you're saying is, if we're talking about it in a vacuum, if we isolate right. it from everything that's happened in the past, no one's arguing that they haven't made the right moves, that they haven't made good moves. Right. But until you prove to us that you're not who you used to be, so what? So what? What is that proof? What is that proof? I guess I would say it's signing a big free agent. I would say it's. I don't being think. Competitive. See, I, I don't think. I see that's another thing. I okay the, the 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 winning part yes but the free agency part I don't I don't think that's the Knicks' fault all they can do is set themselves up in the best position possible to to succeed at that point 
you're just leaving it down to the decision that an individual makes, and that's not somebody's fault. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But they do need to figure out. A, I, I say free agency because that's the the shortest and I, would, I guess yeah. quickest, easiest way to get to that level of winning. But if they, right. if you're telling me they can draft it and pull the Warriors, fine. That's great as well. I mean, I but think. Continue. I, I just you got to prove it to me, and I, that's that's just true in, in everything. No, no, I agree, but I think like as a Knicks fan watching these games closely, like I'm not like some random Knicks fan. Like I watched these, I watched them suck the whole year, like all 82 games. I was invested in every game because this is the first year in a long time where the Knicks have actually had a young player to actually have like to believe in, like not KP, but like a, a group of young players that were playing well together. Like that's something like, and that goes all the credit in the world goes to Scott Perry, Steve Mills. Like if I told you that in this draft, you got Kevin Knox, who was, who was solid for the second youngest player in the NBA, Mitchell Robinson, a second round pick who was second in the league in blocks in 20 minutes per game. And Alonzo Trier, who was shooting like mid forties from the field, like low, like low, high thirties, low forties from three and like 85% from the line as a rookie undrafted. Nonetheless, like I think that was an impressive, like judge of talent and just to see what he can do going forward. They're undoubtedly getting better. It's just prove it to me. For yeah. I've been arguing because um, my one of my roommates is also a Knicks fan. All right, he he has been on the KD Kyrie hype train, as was most of the city. All right, I have all I have always fired back two two things that I've I've contended is that I would rather be in the Lakers position than the Knicks is one. And two would be, I I would also rather be in the Nets position than I would be in the Knicks position. The Lakers, maybe. The Knicks, I mean, the Nets, not as much. Let's talk about the trade today, though. I think after post-trade. So for those of you who didn't hear today, the Nets traded away Allen Crabb, this year's 17th pick, and uh, next year's first-round pick protected for Torian Prince and a few picks back. Um it doesn't sound like a big deal on the surface, but the entire the entire idea behind it is that the Nets now can technically um, sign two max free agents, but there's a lot of other moves they have to make in order to do so. It's not that black and white. Um, I guess the idea is to kind of start like a real bidding war for free agents in New York. But is is D'Lo getting a max max deal? Near max, I think for sure, because there seems to need point guards who will pay him. He's twenty one. What? He's twenty one, twenty two, a twenty two year old all star. And plus, it's it's lesser than the maxes that you could usually get. So I think like, I don't know. I think that'd be enough to max him out. Yeah, or at least match it. Um, that's the thing. When people talk about the other thing about the Nets before we go into that is that there's like a few like things they have to do before they even reach max cap money. So basically, to reach max cap money, they would have to renounce their rights to D'Lo. They would have to release, renounce their rights to Ronda House Jefferson. They would have to cut Damari Carroll, Ed Davis, Jared Dudley, Shabazz Napier, and Trayvon Graham to reach max money. And, like, people are saying today that it's smart move by Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets, to make a trade like that because it shows – it exudes confidence that, you know, like we traded away two first-round picks. Like, he's usually a very savvy GM. Like, he wouldn't just do that. But the thing is, is that what other choice do they have like they're they're the lesser market in New York, and to compete with the Knicks is, 
And like the I think they're primed to take over the city, though. I don't think so because there was a lot of buzz. That team, that team, no, there wasn't. That that team had the lowest attendance in the NBA, (laughs) lowest TV viewership. Did they really? Yeah, they had the low, literally the lowest attendance in the entire NBA, and a brand new court. And second of all, you're acting like that team has like it's not like the Lakers and the Knicks that has a, a wealth of young talent to build around. Like you could talk about Karis Levert. Yeah, I'll give you that. D'Lo, of course, if he stays. But that if you're keeping D'Lo, that means you only have one max free agent spot. Katie, Katie's not going there. That's from why do you say that? Because the way the position Katie's in is that he's in he's in the Warriors, with, which is a great place for winning. If he comes to New York, it's it's for his brand and his image. So he's coming there for his business, but also to save the Knicks. You're not going to go to the lesser team, the team that that like 95% of the city is Knicks fans. You're not going to go to a team that's the 5%. It's like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help your legacy as much. If you're going to make a big move like that, it's just not worth the risk for him. I think like I could see Kyrie going there. I just don't think it makes sense for him either. Frankly, like I'm not saying that like if they were to go together, obviously it makes sense as a basketball thing, but I don't think Katie's going there. And if Kyrie's there, he's going by by himself. It's literally just a worse version of Boston. So I don't know like what that does for him in his career. Unless he just wants to be home, and that's his only motivation. Because like I don't think if him a backcourt of him and D'Lo could work, but they don't have the pieces around them to be a legitimate team. I don't think. Okay, but you you've given you've given a lot of props to the to the to the Knicks. Right. No, no. They're they done an amazing job. Are the Nets? I I don't see the vastly different that the Knicks the what the pieces the Knicks have are so supremely better than what the Nets have. I think the Knicks have more young pieces than the Nets do, and they're pretty comparable. And the Nets don't That's have the what same. I'm so, so the thing is, and the Nets have – the Knicks – and a lot of those pieces might be gone if you're trying to make two max cap spots. Well, meanwhile, the Knicks have those two those two max cap spots. And so, but they have, the Nets do have the best player. D'Lo. D'Lo. Right. Right. So they do have the best player for starters. That yeah, helps. but that's the point. Is that no, no, yeah, yeah. That that's the thing though. If you have D'Lo, you only have one max spot. The Knicks have two max spots and all their young players. You have Mitchell Robinson, who, Mitchell like Mitchell Robinson, who led the league. He's a, a great rim protector. Second yes, in the league in blocks. That's not. He's JaVale McGee. I understand. He's not JaVale McGee. That's <laughs> you're talking about. You're talking when you're talking about Mitchell Robinson. You're talking about a kid who has not played organized basketball before this season know, since high school. I know, I know. And come in 20 minutes a game, lead, second in the league in blocks, is insane. And you're also so forgetting the fact that the Nets don't even have their first round pick anymore, and the Knicks, the Knicks have the third pick, which okay, can easily wait, be RJ Barrett or can easily turn into AD. You're banking on you're banging on potential or potential moves. It's not potential though, because the two max spots are still there. And if if KD says the only way I'm coming to the Knicks is go get AD, the Knicks offer their entire team for AD. And who says the Pelicans say yes? The Pelicans have been have been said to be like enamored with Mitchell Robinson and enamored. Yeah, like and it. it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty evident this is a three player draft. And the and like the thing is the Lakers. That's the thing I was gonna talk about this too. The Lakers and the Pelicans have a pretty the, wait, the Lakers and the Knicks have a like are the, like the two teams basically at this point competing for the services of AD with the Clippers on the outside. Um, I think the Lakers have the better players in that package for sure, but I think the difference between the four like how much the question is then how much more does David Griffin and the Pelicans like 
RJ Barrett, then whoever could they get at four? And that's what that's what that's how you compare those trade packages. What are your thoughts on that? I I I've always been personally a, a young I've been willing to wait on the young core, but I under I also understand having the big the importance, especially in the player's mind, of having that established talent there. Right. And so that's why when you you're telling me they have two max slots, but they but that means they have to sign two people. I you in Brooklyn, you have to sign two people as well. If one of them is Delo, then one of them's Delo. So I don't I don't see the the mass the massive appeal of the branding of the Knicks is great. But right? it's not even just the but massive apart from that, I don't the basketball perspective, I think they're one and the same. I don't think they're that separate. I don't think they're the, that greatly different. I don't know. On the court, they're not that different. But the thing is, if they're not that different, why would you go to the Nets when they're the lesser team in New York and don't get any of the media attention or any of that? If you're coming to New York, don't you want to – like the whole the whole idea but for if these you, players – you're Kevin Durant, you don't believe that you're going to bring the media attention to Brooklyn? Yeah, but it's not – you can't come to a city where the, where the lesser – like you can't go to the lesser team and then try to – out, like they're never gonna outshine the Knicks. This has been a Knicks town and Brooklyn. It's not like this has been the okay. thing where it's like Yankees Mets. It's not the same thing. The the Nets have just gotten here. This is this has been a Knicks town since like the NBA has been established. Like you're not gonna shift that narrative. And even if the even the Nets were good this year and they had the worst attendance in the NBA, that says you, a lot. You're saying you can never shift the narrative. He he played his whole career where it well most majority of his career was in Oklahoma, which is historically. Right, but that's where he was drafted, though. And then he went. Where did he go? Oakland. Who was no. talking about the Warriors? Of everybody was talking about the Warriors ago. I mean, before yes, but at, now like, they built that. They built that fan base. Really, you know yes, what I mean? But without obviously, him. they had a large fan base in Oakland. But him, they weren't. They weren't the biggest team on the West Coast, and they weren't the biggest team in in the league. And now they are. So that's what I'm saying. No, if you believe, not, if you believe in yourself, no, but that's not the point, though. It's the point of. Like that's different. The, it's the point of you're going to New York. If you're going to make that yes. big splash to go, I'm I'm leaving this dynasty to go to New York. What, like the idea? The idea behind that is either only, you're only worried about your business, which is a possibility, or two that you're trying to enhance your legacy. With that being said, what's more going to enhance your neg- legacy? Winning with a team that New Yorkers don't care about, or saving the Knicks from but years you're of saying New Yorkers don't care about them. People will care when a superstar is there. Yeah, but that know, is how NBA basketball works. People you will care that. from the outside, but not on the inside. And people talk about him in the New York media. How do you think? How do you think he's going to handle the New York media when he's not when he's on the lesser team? And if he doesn't successful, like what what do you think is going to be the response? Like I just don't see the benefit in it for him when the Knicks offer the okay, but you're the same asking, opportunity. You're, tell, you're with, telling me you're, you're, you're taking it both ways, though, because you're telling me at one that he wants all the attention that the Knicks would give him. Right. But then you're saying that he can't handle. That's all I'm saying. So what are you saying? Then you're telling me that he that he would he would struggle if on the less. I'm okay. Saying, Let's I'm say saying, if he struggles on the Nets, you're telling me there would be less coverage of it. No, if he struggles on the Nets, there's going to be the same amount of coverage. As a Knicks, as a Knicks fan, and yes, it is primarily a Knicks city. I will give you that, but I don't think that it's that they can just dominate. I don't think it's it's a, a monopoly that they, that can't be overcome. I think if you win here, you win here. So my question is though, if you're Kevin Durant, what benefit does going to Brooklyn give you that New York that the Knicks don't? Is my question. Uh, 
Oh, if they don't, if if you only get because let's you, say the Knicks don't get a get don't get another free agent to match them. So let's say if the only benefit is having D'Angelo Russell there, what if that's a benefit? One. So you think he would go there? Do you think he would go to Brooklyn by himself with D'Angelo Russell? You want him to go to to the Knicks by himself? He's with, not going to the Knicks by himself. The Knicks the Knicks have so many different options to superstars they can go after. Two, and like and trades they can make. Kyrie and Anthony Davis and Kemba. I thought Kemba's saying in Charlotte. He is saying it. He might say in Charlotte if he if he only cares about the money, which is uh, respectable. But I think if KD said, "Yo, Kemba, let's go to New York together I, and go home," like I don't think he. I still get a max. I don't think he's. I think that's hard to turn down, especially being in the futile market that he's in right now. So wait. So if the Knicks, if the Nets renounce the rights to D'Lo, though, right. Then they're in the same position as the Knicks. No, they not. They have to renounce. And they have to. They do. I'm Jefferson, assuming they do all the moves. I I know they have to do all the moves. Right. Yeah, so but that, that, moves. yeah, but that that was my next point. The Knicks don't have to let go of any of their young pieces to make it fit. Is that that that's why that's what I'm saying? Like KD and Kyrie can go to Brooklyn, and that makes sense. But they'd be in a barren team. Whereas, why not? If you're doing making that move to New York anyway, why not go to the team that? can sign you guys without breaking their team apart. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but you – at that you, point no, – Yes, no. but we're, we're placing a lot of value in those young pieces that are – Right, but are, if the Nets don't have any pieces, what, not good. if the Nets have to, like, to get rid of their whole team to make room for you two, then what, then what, do you, then what, what is left of that allure of Brooklyn? It, then they're just in New York. But I'm saying – Exactly, this, that's my point. No, Great allure, but you're, but I think you're overestimating the allure of playing with a bunch of young. I think talent. you're, I think you're underestimating that, the fact that, if it was like in two different cities, it makes sense. But if you're coming to New York, you're not like if, in in a relatively the same situation. What like, what is why are you going to Brooklyn? Why not? Yeah, but that's not why not is not a reason as to why. That's the thing. No, but what's the reason to go to the Knicks? Because they're a prime, the primarily the better. They're a primary team. The they're a, they're, they're team. a global brand. And if you and if you're the if you're the guy, no one, no one. First of all, no one outside of Brooklyn cares about the Nets in this climate today. Okay, let's say all, all around okay, the world. No, no, no. If you're the team that saves the Knicks after they haven't won a championship since, haven't reached a championship since the '90s and haven't won a championship since the '70s. What does that do for KD after hearing all this talk that he went to a team that didn't need him, that he made a weak move, and then he's a team that leads the Knicks back to prominence? What is the what is the have the Nets ever won a championship? No, but no one. That's a thing. It's not. That's okay. Not, yeah, but, but that's your not, whole yeah, argument no, no, is because that's not. No, no, because that's no not. That's not. That's not publicized because people always do people before do people people ever used to talk about oh the nets are so bad the nets is this the nets is that no they didn't cuz no one cares but the Knicks, no matter what the Knicks are doing they can just be sitting there minding their own business they're the they're the center of the attention no matter good or bad and that's the point maybe they won't be if KD goes to the nets what if you're saying what is the allure maybe what if Kyrie says he's only going to the nets okay so what if the allure is Kyrie Irving what if that's the allure what if the allure is I I have I have secured at least one piece because I'm gonna get D'Lo or Kyrie, at least I mean, one of them. I think I the Kyrie thing, yes. The D'Lo thing, not as much. I think no, that the, well, you're asking me what what is the draw. I'm saying that you're yeah, telling but, me that you're all no. your. I know the Knicks are more popular, 
But at, because you're not, you're not I, making I that up talking about Liverpool, right? I believe in awakening and building something from your own, right? And yes, I understand you're resurrecting the the the, the Knicks franchise. I understand that, but I also think there is value in building something no, from start. Definitely, but if that so, was the case, he wouldn't go. He would go to the Clippers if that was the case. A team that has winning pieces right now and cap space as well. In a different and in he's a, in the West. Yeah, but he doesn't want to. Yeah, he also doesn't want to share that market with LeBron. But I think like yeah, and I think I the, also, the, the Lakers have a sh- bigger stronghold on, on LA than the Clippers. I don't, I don't know why I made that up because I've never been to LA. But <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't, know. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the pulse of Los Angeles. Anyway, I just, continue. I just don't think that I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to agree to disagree so we can move into other topics. But I just don't yes. think that. I just don't think that. I think if you're making that big leap and you're making that big move, you go to you do it to the team that the bigger team, the the team that I just, I don't know. I just don't yeah. see it as there's not and also there's not there's also even if you successful, it's not as it's not as rewarding for your legacy as if you were to do the same things with the Knicks. I think we can agree I, on that one. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna disagree with you there. You bring if you bring water to the desert, you're bringing water to the desert. No, no, no. If you okay, if you save a team <laughs> that's been trapped in futility for 50 years, so and you're Nets. and no, 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 yeah, but the, the Nets are not a global brand. People Maybe are not make something. Okay, but making them one or saving a global brand is not the same thing. I think we could be. I think we could agree on that point at least. Of course, that okay. it's different, but I don't think it's it's one is so, so crazily worse than the other. Right. Enough Knicks talk. It's been All right. thirty-five minutes. Is, <laughs> right, is so. Boogie is Boogie a restri- uh, I w- let me let me get let me get a little bit Laker in here. Is Boogie? Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent, right? Of course, of course. Right. So I'm not gonna lie. I, I kind of like that little move. I, li- I, I like having Boogie on the league because we need somebody. I think if you can get somebody else. Like I think not he, on a max, obviously. No, 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 not on a max. Not That's why I'm saying. That's why I think it'd be a good pick. I just you get think on, that you don't know what boogie you're gonna get is the problem. I think you got to take you that can get him for cheap okay. now because of his injuries. Yeah, that's but why I would be willing to take a punt on it. I'm not really sure how that's gonna end up. I don't know. I think you need to improve. You got to do something for this. You got to do something to get better. They need a big, and I. If you're gonna trade away all your old pieces for for boogie, all of your young what pieces. What about Bradley Beal? Uh, what? How much are you gonna give up? I don't want to. Okay, I, I have a high affinity for 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 both Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma personally. I think I understand the business the business behind trading them. If you were to, you're telling me Lonzo and what and the fourth pick for Bradley Beal? Yeah. I don't know. I like Lonzo Ball. Mm. But I like I, th- I like Lonzo. I, I love Lonzo. In the fourth pick. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lonzo. I, I love Lonzo, but I just think that LeBron being there, you don't get to see his, his true potential as much since LeBron is so ball dominant, and they also have other point forwards like Ingram, um, Kuzma. I don't know Kuzma. I love I like Kuzma as it is, but I don't think I don't know how much better he'll ever get because he came into the league after four years of that. college. I've heard that a lot. From a lot of people, which is something I don't understand, because the the people coming out one year in is is not something that is throughout basketball history. People have have done the three or four years, came into the league, and still improved. 
So I I I don't understand that argument no, no, that he's that you're, in, you're going to improve, but you're not going to improve as exponentially as a younger player could. Why do you say that? Because when you're younger and you come into the league and you're at a certain level already, and you're able to have like you you you've had more time by the time by the age of Kuzma, you've had more you've been have been around organized basketball longer. You've had more coaching, more experience. Like it's not to say that you can't get better, but like. If you're playing at a certain level as coming into the league as after freshman year of college, and then you get NBA training, NBA everything, like you have a higher odds of, of improving at a more quick rate than someone who's older. Huh? Like you can add nuances to your game, but at, if you're comparing a 24-year-old to a 20-year-old and how much time they have to develop and grow still, and like you know what I'm saying? I, underst- I understand it's, it's a two-year head start. He has two years on him. But to tell me that like he – can't like people make it seem like he's done like this no is no, no that's all i'm saying but so i just don't I, think it'll be as like what do you think his ceiling is is a better question a second option 20 20 and 10 20 and 20 and 20 20 and 10 20 and 8 um, 28 and 4 which is <laughs> he's at he's at like 16 something and no he's at like 15, I, I don't know i don't know his numbers he's at like 15 6 and Three right now or something like that. How much you think I think he's benefited a lot from Lonzo and LeBron. I think he has, but that first year he was balling without Lonzo. Without nah, uh, LeBron. Without I think he's, no. he's good. His, everything all his stats went down when Lonzo got hurt is his rookie year. Okay. Yes. A team is gonna suffer when the point guard goes down. Also Ingram when when Lonzo went down, the game plan was just give the ball to Brendan Ingram. So so how do you feel about AD though? In a trade, how do I feel about AD? I understand the power of uh, established NBA superstar. So as much as it broke my heart, I was willing to uh, part with all those pieces to give me AD. Sell them all. I was willing to. But coming back to it, I, if if he's only a year out, I would say wait. Personally, I I just I. In the NBA, you don't want to go on potential. Those the established superstar is so important in, in in basketball, where you have that drastic effect, where one player has that overarching effect. So I think it is important. I understand why you would do it and do it now, but I'm I would be willing, as a lifelong or or somebody who's committed to a project, to bank on these young guys who I think have incredible potential. I would bring in Jello. And Mellow. I'll get all three of the ball, boys. Hey, guys. Sorry for some technical difficulties. As you know, you're here with Smoothie and the Bib talking sports. Uh, before the little podcast glitch out, we were talking about the Lakers trading for AD um, and just the idea of having a star, like a proven commodity versus young players and potential. And Brian was telling you about the Lakers' perspective on it, and I was going to talk about it from the Knicks' perspective. Um, personally, like, Everyone has an attachment to, like, their homegrown players. They want to see them develop and play. Uh, I'm the same way with the Knicks, of course. Um, for context, in, an, in the AD trade, the Knicks would have to trade. In order to make – well, there's two scenarios. They could trade for him now, and then they wouldn't have to match salaries because they'd have a – they wouldn't have to trade match salaries because they haven't signed anybody yet. But if they signed two match free agents and they want to trade for AD, they would have to trade – Basically, their entire team in order to make the salaries work. So that means no more Mitchell Robinson, no more Knox, no more Neil Akina, no more Dennis Smith, Dotson, etc. 
I mean, that's their whole team. Um, I'm personally opposed, plus R.J. Barrett, if that's who they pick at three. Um, that means that's their whole team, all their young players, and probably future first-round picks just for AD. And, like, while it is nice to have a proven commodity, I don't want to see the Knicks blow up their whole team after finally doing things the right way for once. I think the only way I would do an AD trade, personally, is if we hear word from KD that the only way I'm coming is if you make that AD trade. And then, then I would have to do it. But otherwise, I don't really want to pull the trigger on it. Um, I think the Lakers, though, are on a different timeline completely because they have a 30, what, 35, 36-year-old LeBron. We don't know how many more years he's going to have left, especially at this shape. You've seen his first injury last year. Like, you have to make all the moves you can right now to make that trade, like Brian told you before. Um, you have – No, they okay, do. But the Lakers but also have young talent. Right. But they're on a different timeline because, like, you don't want to sign LeBron there and then not win. Like, you bring the LeBron there to win, not to have talent post-LeBron, to be fair. Like, the Knicks, the Knicks could develop their young talent and just continue true. to get, like, modestly better each year. But they wouldn't have the expectations of championship or bust because they don't have, like, LeBron. You know? It changes things on the timeline. Of course, having having that big boy how would you, and change. How would you feel about a, a nice Jimmy Butler on your team? Uh, I I told you I I would say t- I don't know I don't want to max out Jimmy Butler I I don't when you max out that player and it I I do like Jimmy Butler I, if you were to tell me right now pick I would probably take it but I I'm I I would be willing to 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 kick the can down the road get a mid tier free agent who's yeah. not gonna that I don't have to max out and see what LeBron can do with that because. Although people hate having calling an excuse, they were the fourth seed before he got hurt. So get him some more talent. See what he does. Basically, there's no one on that yeah. team now because everybody was on a one-year deal. So they're going to restructure that whole team again. So I, I would like to see us get a mid-tier free agent. I think Boogie. I think I personally think Boogie has some stuff has some left in the tank. So I would I would like to see that happen. I would say get him on a two-year deal, and then hopefully you have AD there. And then hopefully, you know, you can have LeBron, KD, what? LeBron, AD, Boogie, Kuzma. I mean, personally, I'm in a whole different two years down the road, but. Oh, my God. And then Jello and Mello off the bench. I'm a big LeVar guy. I love LeVar Ball. But anyway, personally, like, I'm saying, like, for the Lakers' perspective, I agree. Like, I think you can get, you should get your, try to get anybody you can get your hands on at this point to help LeBron. Um, In terms of the Knicks free agency. I think that I think you're going KD, Kawhi, or Bust. Like you're not. Yeah, I'm not. Bro, I'm not signing Tobias Harris. I don't want Chris Middleton. I don't want Kyrie by himself. I don't want Kemba by himself. I don't want Jimmy Butler. I don't want any of those clowns. I really don't. By by themselves, I don't want them. That's bro. Clowns. That's how you sit in mediocrity for the next five years while paying somebody a max contract. The Knicks. The Knicks have. If they don't that sign anybody, true. one of those two big guys, you kick the can down the road like you said. Literally, you have two options at that point. You can rebuild the right way. You're going to have your draft pick. You're going to have RJ and all the young core. And you can also have the benefit, since you have all that cap space, is for trading for teams' bad contracts and acquiring draft picks as compensation. Like A prime example I'll give you is like the Clippers. The Clippers have Gallo, Danilo Gallinari on like a what, $21 million expiring contract. The Knicks take that, attach a first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick, and now you have 
They already have their they already have seven first round picks in the next five years. Just keep compiling that, and you have cap space. So the next time superstar wants out, you say you just pull the trigger. But I don't think I don't think having Kemba and Jimmy Butler and being the four seed in the East and not winning anything is gonna be is what I want as a Knicks fan. Free, free. That's that's totally fair. Free agency is a scary thing for me. I look at the Rockets and, and and look at Clint Capella. I hate that Clint Capella contract. I'm sorry. I've the whole playoffs. I I roasted that man. Roasted. I mean, and toasted that man as he could not do anything. You give the wrong player. I mean, a I don't think he's a wrong man. player. It's just not. He's been effective. It's just not We've as seen. the NBA fades away from his type of play style. And that's why that's the thing uh, exactly. though is about like he's very similar to Mitchell Robinson, but. That's why I'm seeing this year. They're saying like next this year they would not allow him to shoot shoot the ball, and like I think if he can show that phase of his game, he's like the per- ideal center for this NBA, which is why I'm reluctant to trade him. Yeah, if he's a three point. Funny shooter. anecdote about Mr. Robinson while we're talking about him. So in high school, he 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 kept begging his coach to shoot threes, and his coach was like, no no no, like you can't like bro, you're seven foot three and like against like little white kids, dunk the ball please. And and then one day he got tired of him begging him. He was like, all right, fine. In the first half of this game, you can shoot as many threes as you want until you miss. And Mitchell Robinson went six for seven from three. I just, like, I don't know. I, I have a lot of faith in Mitch. A lot of the Knicks younger players, not as much. But Mitch, I, I – Every fan. How do you – what do you Kevin see Knox, on I Kevin mean, Knox? No, no. This is as all we I, go this, back this into the, last, the Knicks yeah, after we could, spent – no, no, no. Right. You know, right. jump back right. in. Right. 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 Since, since you asked, <laughs> I mean, I said jerseys hanging on the since wall I behind asked. me. Yeah, in my Kevin Knox jersey. Um, I think. Yeah. When the Knicks drafted Kevin Knox, they knew he was going to be a project. Frankly, he was, he was very raw at Kentucky. Like he was a leading scorer, but he was very young. Like he was 17 starting his freshman year. Even this year, he turned what? He turned 19 in August. Which is crazy. He's younger than me, which is insane to me still. And like you, you see the second youngest player in the NBA, and he showed you exactly yep. what you expected from a second youngest player in the NBA. Like you saw the flashes where he could be great. Like people think of his poster on Ben Simmons, his thirty-point game against the like his twenty-five point game against the Bucks, the thirty-point game against the Sixers. Um, a lot of great moments, but a lot of head scratching ones all the same. But. I think what you saw is somebody who's still growing into their body and developing. Like I think a off season of working on their handle, um, working on his body is gonna be good for him, especially because he was so raw. But the one thing that I did see consistently as a positive was his shooting. Um, throughout the year, he was shooting like what 37 percent, 38 percent from three. So I think like that is gonna continue, and it only will help being around better players. The things he has to work on, his tunnel vision. He doesn't really pass the ball, which is kind of annoying. And his defense is all absolutely terrible. Like on ball, he's he's a solid defender because he's long. But off ball, he just gets lost. Um, I think that he was in a tough position, being at points the number one scoring option on the worst team in the NBA because all the focus is on you and you don't really have any help. So it just got into habits of taking bad shots and settling. So I think like having better players and plus another off season around him. Like I think his ceiling at this point is like maybe like a twenty point-per-game guy, like a fringe all-star. But I don't see, like, superstar written on him. But I think he'll be a productive player, especially because he's so young. Okay, so you guys own – is that the, the um, consensus in the Knicks fan I base? think people who actually watch the Knicks, um, like, 
people who watched the next 82 games and didn't look at a box score? I think so. Um, okay, well, how do you I view mean, Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram? As a I think, like, fan. I mean, people make the jokes that he's built like KD, which is funny as shit, but I think, like, I don't know. I think he's a very good mid-range scorer. He's very good at attacking the rim because he has long arms. And the fact that he's able to be, like, he's able to run point makes him very valuable. I just think if he can just remain consistent, because before this year, he what, he hadn't scored more than 27 in a game. And then there was a stretch before he got hurt towards the end of the year where he scored he beat, he scored more than that a few games. And, like, you find someone putting it all together. So I think, like, as long as he's healthy this offseason and gets to work, like, I think you'll see big steps from him. But he finally started putting it together towards the end of the year. See, because I, th- I think what what you guys see in Kevin Knox is what, like, we you as a fan of right. that team, you kind of project your young people. Right, but, you, but the, the thing other, about that is that, like, it's a double-edged sword because you do that like, out of bias, but you also see that player way more than anybody else would, yeah. More often? Yes, but... I I think they're pretty much. The I think right I think both of them are like they got drafted because it. of their body type and the potential that they have, and like it is developing into it. Like I think, of course, I think the thing is with Ingram is that it's been two or three years that like he's not obviously. I think I think he's reached a point where he knows where his role is, especially with LeBron, and like he's embraced it and he was doing well. Um, I think like I think I'll have a better opinion of Kevin Knox. Like he's playing summer league this year, which would be interesting. Like he was he was cooking in summer league last year as a rookie. So I imagine I would hope that he could do the same thing this year and even better. But like, I think you'll see like maybe like Christmas time, like I'll have a better opinion on his development. Cause I think the, the off season after your rookie year is the most vital time. And like, that's why I'm so high on Lonzo. still. like Lonzo shown flashes of greatness and he didn't last year. He missed the whole off season with, with no off season. He had he no, like, yeah. now you've no seen off-season. him exponentially get better defensively. His shot was falling a lot better this year. Like I think you have him this summer to work on his body, his strength, everything. Like I think, Next year going to be a big year for Alonzo. <laughs> oh Facts. You get him as two brothers. Honestly, the, the mellow him, part is not You get impossible. him jello. You get him mellow. Jello. This guy jello needs to kick rocks. I'm giving up. Speaking to, Oh, my goodness. Speaking of, speaking of young players, Mike, educate <laughs> me on this NBA draft because I'm totally unaware of anything so, past So, as you know, it's, we're talking. So, I who mean, are my all, Lakers drafting at four? I heard Villanova, about Villanova he mean, he mean Vanderbilt. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're talking Same NBA thing. draft. So you know Pelicans one, we're looking at Zion. Two is John Morant to Memphis. Um, there's been he's getting a, a small minor knee surgery uh, to just clean up his knee, and they're saying that Memphis is might have you having doubts about him. I don't yes, know if that's true that. or just smoke screens, which I don't know what their smoke screens are for because no one's gonna come get him. But um, if that's the case, then. Yeah, and then three is RJ. And then like many many draft experts consider this a three-player draft. So you're talking a big drop-off after four, which is like we talked about in the AD trade, why that's the only real piece that the Knicks have better than the Lakers is that pick. Um, I think when you're talking four, like there's a, there's a lot of interesting players. It's just all a matter of fit, you know. Um, I think the people have Darius Garland going forward to the Lakers, which doesn't make sense because a, he's a ball-dominant point guard. Who had more turnovers and assists in the in the nine games that he played this year? Like, isn't a small sample size? No, no, no. But he shot like forty eight percent from three. Like, he, he was he. I when I look at him, he his game is very Dame esque with like step back threes, shot creation, and stuff like that. I just don't mm. think it's a good fit for the Lakers. Um, another player 
around there that can be I think can be really good is Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. Um, I don't know how he necessarily fits with the Lakers. He's like a two-three, a wing, but he does everything. He's a, an elite defender. He's a pretty good playmaker. Um, offensively, he's a great finisher. Like he gets to the rim very well. His shooting and his mechanics are questionable, but no, like he shot a good percentage, but he doesn't consistently replicate his his form and his jump shot. Like I think it's something he's work on. And but if you want somebody who can come in and contribute right away mm. to like a um, like a winning team, I think Jerry Culver is a great pick. Like, there's even many Knicks fans advocating for like if you know you're getting KD and Kyrie, like you hear through the grapevine, like draft Jerry Culver because like he's a, a elite defender, a good playmaker, and like he can play off the ball. Um, and then you have players who are interesting, DeAndre Hunter, who's a very good defender. Um, we saw in like playing Virginia, he has a good mid-range game, like, but there's a lot of there's not like a consensus of what order the players should go. Like we have players like. Kevin Porter Jr. from USC, who's a great one-on-one scorer, but there's people going, ranging him from the mid, like the early lot, the the mid like teens to all the way to 29, like bull bull, anywhere from like early 20s to like mid to late 40s. It's all really after like the top three, four. There's really just like a lot of not a lot of consensus. There's a lot of projects in this draft, like the kid um. Dumbia from France. <coughs> oh, excuse me, but like he has a lot to grow on and work on. So I just a lot of variables to figure out. Really, I think it's a long story uh, short. I, trade for Brad. I mean, Lincoln. I think if you get a uh, yeah, but you're not <laughs> unless you sign somebody of like a high caliber. You're not really gonna. You, that pick is not really going to end up being yours because if you're going to get another superstar, you're going to have to move it. But I don't think you're missing out on anything like anyone who's game changing. Like I'm pretty sure that you're see. I mean, Darius Garland could be great. Some people even have him feel he's a better point guard, has better NBA potential because of the skills that he has than possibly John Morant. But it's a very small sample size, and his. But you don't no, I don't. I think he he's gonna be he can be a very good that. scorer, but he also <laughs> doesn't have the playmaking ability that Ja has or even Lonzo has. So I don't think it's like it makes a lot of sense, especially when you have Lonzo there already. Like, why are you gonna draft another point guard? It doesn't make any sense. And you you told me you were happy with R.J. Barrett despite because every I'm, Knicks I'm, fan I'm, I know I, screaming Zion. I, okay, first Kevin of all, and if you listen to ESPN and Bleacher Report. All those yeah, outlets yeah. that post things in the voice of Knicks fans who don't know anything about what real Knicks fans feel. I'm tired of it. No, who do you I'm, speak to? I'm talking I about don't the ones I speak names. to. But I can promise you numerous, that nobody, none of fans. the people who I interact with about the Knicks, people who are very informed about the Knicks, understood that going into the draft lottery, you have a 48% chance of getting five. And a 14% chance of getting four. That means you have almost a 60-something% chance of falling to four or five in a three-player draft. Like, you need to be in that top three to get a great player in this draft. I know you want Zion, and obviously there's that initial disappointment. But the fact that you're able to sit down and you still say, wow, like, I still got one of the three best players in this draft. Like, you you can't, especially when the odds were that you weren't going to end up in that position, like, you have to take it. Like, obviously everyone wants Zion. I was disappointed myself. I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't. We have to be realistic and know that the odds were not in your favor regardless. 
and I feel like the media didn't portray that well, and people just think like the only people ask me the day after draft like, oh, I'm so sorry, like I, I'm like obviously I'm not I'm not I wanted Zion of course, but like I, yeah, as every team did, but you as can't, every team did. If you're telling me that every, every there's three NBA players team. that that scouts look at as potential perennial all stars, Ja, Zion, and RJ, and you're getting one of those three players, you can't be mad. <clears throat> Oh, oh I want RJ, yes. Do you want him? I want RJ. RJ? That man, as an 18-year-old, put up numbers that people have not put up, but he got so washed out by the Zion hype train. Like, deservedly so. Zion did amazing things this year, but you're talking about a player who's been playing for, like, he's been playing for Team like team Canada. People forget when he played on Team Canada and completely cooked Team USA. Like, he put up, he broke Marvin Bagley's freshman scoring record. He put up 22, what, like 7-5? and five? And he ran point, and his stats even improved when Zion was hurt. And, like, you saw, like, flashes of playmaking. The only real knocks on him are, like, his tunnel vision, which I think he wasn't in the best position at Duke. Like, the NCAA court is smaller. You have – and you are on the worst three-point shooting team in the league, in the – in the like, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in Division One. Like, anytime he drives, he's just crashing. There's, they can help off anybody because they're not really shooters to spread the floor. I think an open NBA game will help him a lot, especially if the Knicks sign, like – I think he might struggle initially if the Knicks don't sign anybody because it'll be like a, like the Kevin Knox situation where he's a primary scorer on a bad team. You know what I'm saying? But I think if he has other people to take the, like, the load off him, like it'll be mm-hmm. beneficial for him. But that's my real analysis of the draft. I would love you're RJ. You're happy with there. RJ. And I can't wait to cry when they trade him for Anthony Davis. <laughs> I, if they can sign two matches without trading for AD, I want that. I want two matches. Well, <clears throat> you have a high level. It's not a high level. It's not just that. Pieces. It's the fact that high at that level. point you have three max players on your contract, and I think that the I think that the young players you have now are better than the veterans you can sign for the vet. Wow, for the veteran minimum to fill out through your roster. I think young developing players who have who are first of all on affordable contracts and under your team control. Are more beneficial than like signing like a Patrick Beverly or like some old center. Like I don't think that is in their best interest. <clears throat> so 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 I, in your dreamland to finally wrap up Knicks, and we're gonna yeah. I think we're gonna move from basketball after this, right? To in your dreamland, what what happens in my in my dreamland? What is New What is the New York Knicks June, look like? June twentieth, the New York Knicks like R.J. Barrett season. And they do not trade him to the New Orleans Pelicans. Then July first, I wake up okay. and I see Katie and Kyrie both have signed maxes with the New York Knicks. And I, Katie, Kyrie, both very close second. Katie, Kemba, either one of those point guards work for me. Um, yeah. And then I don't. I'm not and a big fan of Desmond Junior, Frank, Junior. Honestly, um. I think I'm not. Do you like Frank? I'm not as high as Frank as he used to be. Like he had a tough season, but like he's also never been in a position to succeed. And like the one time he played his, like he's not a he's not. People are so obsessed with scoring in the NBA, and rightfully so. But I, he's not. He's like an old school kind of player that plays the right way. <clears throat> and I think like he's not going to be an, like a superstar, but I think he's going to be a very he could be a very solid player on a good team. Like he plays defense well, he rebounds well, and he he makes good passes. And he's not selfish. Like he doesn't need the ball. So I think like. I think like if you took Dennis Smith or Frank like and you said like who do you want to be like to start your franchise I'll take Dennis Smith 
because he has the upside. But I think like as, I think Frank is a winning player. I think he's very. I think oh, I think player. we saw Frank at his best his rookie year when with him and Porzingis when when they were able to run when they were both healthy and they were able to run pick and roll and like you really saw flashes from Frank. But then they started playing him off ball and moving him around and they and they had no real scoring options for him to like work with. And like you saw him like fall off. So I think like I'm I'm not high I'm not saying like he's gonna like unlock this crazy part of his game and just take off. Like I, I think I feel like that ship has sailed in my mind, even though I would love that to happen for him. Whoa, you just you just told me that there are only I am, but like, so I just think like that they I just think like no, because I don't think he's not going to have that. He said he's not going to have the opportunity with the Knicks. Is what I meant to say. I think if you if you trade him, if you put him in a position okay. where he's the starting point guard and he just gets to develop and play. But either way, you're talking about either the Knicks get a max max money point guard, or they're going to be, or they're going to have like Dennis Smith in front of him. So I just don't think it's the Knicks are the place for him necessarily. But I do believe in Frank. But. I do hope me too. I hope Kemba but moves. I, think I really want Kemba to move. That's enough Knicks talk for for one day. Kemba, New York. For a lifetime, I guess. For forever. Um that's an that's enough. That's an I just wanted to say, how Jets? many wins you got the Jets going as? I I have I don't know. I think I think they could have a good season. Their schedule starts up a little rocky and then they have a stretch of very winnable games and like on paper, they all look like victories to me, but that's not how the NFL works. Like, there's always, they're always going to drop games. There's always going to be a surprise game. I have them like uh, between eight and eight and ten and six, which is not unrealistic in that range somewhere. Wow. <coughs> I I have been jacking that the Giants have more wins than the Jets this whole time. With noodle arm Daniel this Jones, season, Giants have more wins than Jets. With Listen, he's a decent player. Yeah, but he was drafted to keep Eli there. You don't draft. So, let's see Eli there. Yes, I know you don't do that. Yes, I know. Like, it's stupid, I don't think. But I think he's a happened. glorified and game manager. We gotta look. I think you had Dwayne Hask. I think Dwayne Haskins could have been can be a franchise quarterback. <laughs> I wanted Dwayne Haskins too. I was on the Dwayne Haskins trade. I couldn't believe what it what it what had occurred. I was I was in my. Uh, was, I was in a test, and I came out of the test, <laughs> and I immediately turned on to the draft, expecting to see a pass rusher. I was, I was, th- I was. I don't know what the, or, the Giants' game plan yeah, is. I was expecting they traded to away see. a lot of their. They they lost a lot of uh, skill players. They, they, had, okay, the thing no, I understand no. is they're speaking seem like they're more not in win mode now. They let low of Landon Collins. They let go of Odell, and then they signed Golden Tate, which made no sense to me. They they were yeah, in let go of Odell mode. They weren't in, they weren't in win hour. Landon Collins okay. is is okay. He can't, he can't. He can't. He's not. He's not yeah. a coverage safety. No, but he's yeah. a he's a game wrecker. He can't he's cover them all out of But and in a in a defense in a defense <laughs> where we're just gonna blitz anyway, you need somebody to cover, and we can't cover. Hence why we drafted. I know. 17 cornerbacks but I, I don't know i think i think the defense is going to improve i think i um, think the I'm, offense i don't know how to, i don't know how to feel good. i think it's going to be good and i'm just banking on the ineptitude of the death <laughs> i don't think that's the I don't second think time he's ineptitude and i think the jets are going to have a good year though honestly like i really do i thought they were going i think the, i thought they would get to like giants would get 8 and 8 9 and 7 somewhere around there 
I figured the Jets would get less than that. I, in the I think region. I don't know. I think I don't know. I think the Jets brought in good people. They do. They find they no, have yeah, fixed they, the offense. The Jets play. too. They also they the signed. Uh, they traded for Kliche Osemele, and I th- he's he's been a Pro Bowl in the past. Man. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. I think they did a great job. They added great Jamison Crowder in the slot. He's a he's a he's a he's a top tier slot receiver in the NFL. Um, I think Le'Veon obviously takes a lot of pressure because last year Darnold struggled because they had no remblance of a running game at all. But I think. He's he's still I know. learning. And then the, the, the thing the is, the thing so reason I'm hopeful about the Jets this year is that, like, he had his rocky patch, then he sprained his foot. He was out for two or three weeks, and when he came back from week 11 to the end of the season, he had the highest QBR in the NFL, including like 300 yards games against 300 yard games, three touchdowns against like. Or was the I mean no because they were playing teams that, that were competing for the playoffs. They're playing the Packers and Houston and all those teams. Yeah, but what was yeah, their but record, their record is not really. I know that's. I don't that's remember, tough... but I don't think their record is really as relevant. I think it's about the team, like hungry teams were coming in there trying to beat you, trying to make the playoffs, and you were winning. I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone really takes like. There's no really people to go taking the easy in in the NFL in like the midweeks. Yeah. I I don't. Know. I just I like the revamped offensive line. I think we can actually blitz now. With new quarterbacks I like- in there, so, and I, I, I'm worried about. I'm, I am just worried for Saquon Barkley though, because they're gonna hand that man the football every time. Yeah, I don't every time. I just, I just, yeah, I'm scared. I, I hope they find. I, I really wanted them to draft the backup or running back they had some semblance of confidence in. I don't know right. if semblance is a word, but I used it uh, <laughs> to. Uh, kind of split split with him and and get some even if it's five or four or five rushes per game that's you know that's that's a right. lot of rushes over the course of the season to, to, to not pound this man into the ground and what i think is going to be a futile futile attempt at the playoffs but i do think they're gonna get better <laughs> than speaking of running somebody into the ground the, the jets signed Le'Veon bell with with a year off and i just can't can't wait for this man to have 1700 carries yes. this year you, I was were you, how were you, I think, were you like, big on that signing? I, yeah, I, I think a player like that static, can do so but... much for a young quarterback just to have a safety blanket, especially the fact that Le'Veon Bell is just not an average running back in terms of not only his production, but the fact that you can like literally split him out wide and he can run routes like a receiver without like without any really drop-off. And I think he's just going to open a lot of games, a lot of like avenues in the offense, especially with Adam Gase, because Adam Gase was, in Miami was big on like Kenyon Drake and like pass-catching running backs. And now that he has like a premier one, I think it can do a lot, especially with, especially for Darnold too. Having a quarterback, like a offensive-minded quarterback coach who's like worked with Peyton Manning and all these great quarterbacks, like people were bashing the Adam Gay signing, but like you saw when he first got there, like with when he, when Tannehill was healthy in Miami, they were like ten and six and, and made the playoffs, and then like he had Jay Cutler for the next year or two, and obviously it fell off. But and also on the defensive end, I think the Jets have already have. A, Great safeties, Marcus May, Jamal Adams were both like top ten ranked on Pro Football Focus. They got Avery Williamson, who was a Pro Bowl reserve last year, Leonard Williams, who's a really good pass rusher, and then you add C.J. Mosley, who's one of the best linebackers in football, and uh, Quinn Williams, who's getting Aaron Donald comp- comparisons in the draft. I think 
the only real problem is their secondary. But I, I think that what I think what we should do now is just go through each team's schedule, and I'll read them out loud, and we'll just say, "What do you think? Win loss." Want to do that? Oh, what's up? Right. So the, I'll go with the Jets first. Okay. So week one at home against Buffalo. Sure. Oh, I, no, you just you go for the Jets. I don't know the Jets well enough. Home, I think. Home Week one home. at Buffalo, though? Home? I'm saying uh, I think home is a win. Uh, it sounds yeah. like a win to then me. Week gotta two, be. home on Monday Night Football against the Browns. Justin uh, Baker. Justin uh, Baker. I'll give him a loss. Then at New England, I think that's a, a loss early in the season. Um, then they go on a bye week before they travel to Philly, which is a tough game. Uh, I'll probably give them a loss there too. So that's a, but their schedule gets progressively easier after that. So that's one and three about now. Um, home against the Cowboys, I think they win that at home. I think I think at home they had the, they are gonna have a very good run stopping defense with that front three, especially with C J Mosley and Jamal Adams, who's great at stopping the run. And at that point, you're just telling Dak to beat you, and I don't think Dak's gonna beat them. So that's two. Uh, week seven home against the Patriots. I'm giving them a win. Like I said, Adam Gase has been very good against the Patriots in his coaching career. I think that the Jets always play them well in general, even though no matter how bad they are. So I think with the roster upgrades, they should be able to take one of them. So that's the three and three. Uh, at Buff, I mean at Jacksonville. I don't know what to expect from Jacksonville, honestly. Like I really don't. Uh, their defense struggled last year, but they had no quarterback. But I don't, know, <clears throat> I don't know if Nick Foles is necessarily the solution to their problems. Uh, I think I'm going to give them a win there. What about you, Ryan? Where is it? At Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm giving it to Jacksonville, personally. Okay. So what week is this? Now we have week nine at Miami. Uh, I think Miami is going to be terrible. Honestly, they've traded. Yeah. They got oh, rid of all their pieces. Oh, yes. So I'd give that a win for the Jets. I have them at uh, five and f- five and three. Yeah. Um, home against the Giants. I I don't. I, Giants, I don't, baby. <laughs> I guess that's what we're gonna have to agree to disagree. I think. I, I, think, I think. Yeah. Go. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the Jets. Obviously. Of course. Of course. Week eleven at Washington. Um, Washington's a mediocre football team. No matter how you look at it. Uh, depends who's playing quarterback for them. I think either way, the Jets have a good chance in that game. I think I'll give them a, a win. Then they're home against the Raiders, and I haven't seen anything from the Raiders so far. Obviously, in season, things could change, but as of right now, looking far ahead, I think that's a that's a win for the Jets. Then they're at Cincinnati, who's terrible. Then, like, we don't know what's going to be a quarterback with Andy Dalton. Like, you see what I'm saying, how the Jets' schedule was hard and they got really easy? Yeah. Then home against Miami again. Which it should be a win. Then they're at Baltimore, which might be, which probably I'll give them a loss there. Then a very big game home uh, against the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell's comeback against his team. We'll really see. I really don't know what to expect from Pittsburgh either. I think Juju's gonna have a big year. See how if James Conner can hold up again. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of tossed up on that one, but uh, I'll just keep going. Jets. That puts them at what? I don't know. I stopped counting. But I haven't had them losing since like <laughs> week eight. <laughs> you haven't won in the ball. No, I, no, I, I have. Like, I don't. I don't, don't have to run down the whole 
giant schedule, but uh, just recording it. I, I got them a couple wins against. I got them winning one against the Skins. Got them winning uh, one against the Eagles. I got them winning the Jets game, and I have them winning one against the Cowboys. Cowboys. So that's that's three big. That's Who's starting at quarterback of, for them this year? Eli. Who's going to get more starts? Get more Elijah starts? Manning. He's going to get a majority of the starts. I, I yeah, I think they're going to be decent enough that they're going to still believe in their playoff potential. So I think I think he plays the whole year, if, or most of it at least. The vast majority of it, I I believe. I think Gettleman wa- Gettleman wants <coughs> wants Eli Manning. So yeah, and I think Shermer wants him too. And he has, I don't know, he's not great, but I don't think he's as bad as the media has made him out to be and has chastised him to be horrible. Uh, he, I think he's in his defense, he hasn't had any real any semblance of an offense. And then the media is. Uh, but he's supposed to play through it. Uh, there's 300 pound men coming to kill you. Yeah, I I understand he he gets a little sugar happy. I just think that if you're gonna have an average like a like a mediocre below average quarterback anyway, why don't you just move on from a rookie? No, move on from him and get a more athletic quarterback who can elude the rush. Well, that's what they got in Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's I don't think they're ready to give up on him <laughs> no, yet. No, no. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't put Daniel Jones near a football. Listen, team. listen. Golden Tate said he's great in practice. That's all I need. Yeah, I've seen the videos of him throwing like four yards, <laughs> and then the the Giants tweet out dimes. I'm tired of it. Saquon, as Saquon says, when he wins two Super Bowls, you, all right. you won't you won't be so won't in be our, on, on season seven. Episode four of Smoothie and Bib. You could find out if Daniel Jones finally <laughs> won his Super Bowl. Episode four. Wow. <laughs> okay. But is, that, um, is there anything else you want to hit today, Mister Charles? No, no, sir, Mister Bib. So today we talked about what we talked about: the NBA Finals. We I talked about the Knicks. No, no, no. Oh. Forget everything. All we it talked about a lot, was, it was a lot of Knicks. Knickerbockers. It was a lot of Knicks talk. That was it? A lot of Nets talk. Some Lakers. We got into some football, some Giants, Jets, free agency, NBA drafts. Um, but yeah. Yep. Thanks Hopefully for coming. Touch on. Th- thanks for coming. Well, we hope to do a lot more of these in the in the future, and just stick with us. We got great content coming for you. And uh, go Knicks. <laughs> go Knicks. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. See signing you. off. Signing off for Smoothie and the Bib. Have a good night. Yeah.